This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This week, we're going to talk to a special guest from Pageland, South Carolina, downtown Michael Brown, who picked up the Ultimate Super Late Model Series victory down at Lancaster Speedway this weekend. He's going to tell us a little bit about that. But first, I'm joined in studio today by Chuck Atkins from Cam, Chassis, and Fab. Glad to have him on the show today. He uh, he listened to last week's Jeff Smith and Freddie Smith episodes, and he reached out and said, man, I was a big Jeff and Freddie fan, and spent a little time working for Jeff there at one point, and Wanted to come on and share a few stories about that and also tell you a little bit about his uh, chassis business, too. So welcome to the show today, Chuck. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, yeah, before uh, we'll talk to you, but before that, we uh, we got some racing coming up this weekend. The Carolina Sizzler this weekend at the Charlotte Dirt Track. I'm looking forward to going over there and checking that out. And, of, and of course, the uh, Ray Cook Seller National Series kicks off this weekend with a stop at Beckley Motorsports Park and with Raceway on Saturday night. And and then they uh, they pretty much don't stop. There's a couple off days there in between, but they go uh, until July 31st. And, of course, Ray Cook and those guys will be in action. So check that tour out. And, of course, the World of Outlaws is in action and the Summer Nationals is in action. There's super late model racing and, and late model racing in general going on non-stop all over the country right now so if you've got a chance to check any of those races out by by all means do it but like i said we'll be at charlotte this weekend and looking forward to checking out that carolina sizzler two-day event saturday and sunday well chuck man uh you reached out to me you uh, were listening to the show last week and you really got a good kick out of the freddie smith uh episode and i see you on facebook and all this all the time you're all the time you've got a pretty pretty uh, diverse collection of freddie smith t-shirts and diecast cars and all that stuff so so it's pretty cool welcome to the show and uh just how did you uh how did you uh, i guess become a freddie smith fan um and i've been thinking about this um a long while was about seven years ago about, about seven years old uh, that's been about 40 years ago my uncle uh my uncle don actually took me to metrolina speedway um and I've never been to a racetrack, had no clue what I, I mean, I can vividly remember going to that racetrack. And there were people there that, my, I have an older cousin, of course, he was there with us and he was pointing out different people. And, you know, of course he was the one that said, Freddie Smith is the man, the, the man to beat. He's, he's who I pull for. And, and I think, you know, that I just always kept, kept my mind towards watching that car the, all the time and so of course it spread from Metrolina to, to Cherokee to Carolina and and every time Freddie showed up for any any kind of race whether back in the, you know it was have a Tampa or a shrine race or just just whatever uh race it, it was always a big uh you know just really exciting you know because he was in town um and of course when you know when Je when Freddie wasn't in town well of course you know Jeff would be uh, either running the 2000 to win super show at, at Cherokee or, or, um, you know, just when, when he was touring on have a Tampa, I think with, um, with, uh, Dunn Benson, uh, Ford car, you know, it was either, you know, it was, it was Billy Scott or Buck Simmons that, you know, we always enjoyed watching run. And so, I mean, it's just, a, you know, it's, it's, it's been, um, I've been lucky enough to, to, uh, do a little bit of fabrication for Jeff and, and, um, he's, you know, he's always been good to me. I, I you know, I, I'm a bigger fan than probably, 
I'm a bigger fan of his than he probably is, you know, a friend of mine. I consider him a friend, but of course, uh, that whole family, I mean, just being around, you know, he's, he's, at, you know, they've actually helped me in times I needed, needed some help and, you know, either be with work or whatever. And so it was, you know, it was always more of an honor, you know, and a privilege to get to work for him. And, and, uh, Zach, you know, he's, Zach's just an awesome, awesome, you know, friend and awesome guy to know as well. Well, when they call Freddie the Southern gentleman, you know, they mean it, don't they? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I've, you know, I've asked Jeff in the past. Um, and of course, you know, I, I've, I've been around, um, dirt racing, like I said, since I was seven, I've never got into any kind of, uh, uh, you know, going to pavement tracks. I mean, I, I might've gone to a few here and there, but, um, you know, just being around dirt, you know, you say, you see fights and things like that. And, you know, I once asked Jeff, I said, uh, Jeff, did, uh, has your dad ever gotten a fight at a racetrack? And, uh, he said, well, he said there was one time and, um, uh, he said somebody had hit a car or, or hit the car or hit his car. I can't remember what it, he was telling me. He said, but the guy, once it got in, was underneath his race car and said, Freddie went over there and he had every intention on just letting him have it you know, any way he could, whether it's verbally or whatever. But he was, Jeff said, that's probably about the most upset. He'd probably seen him at a racetrack. And I was like, wow, I can't, I can't imagine Freddie being mad. You know, and so, you know, that, that kind of sticks in my head, you know, just hanging out at the shop you know, from, you know, a few, few times I have and people that would come in and they used to help Freddie and tell stories. It just, it's just fun just sitting in a chair at Jeff's, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Man, the stories them guys can tell, I'm telling you what, they, uh, they ought to write a book on that. I'm telling you, it's, uh, there's some good stuff there for sure. Well, you've got quite a few Freddie Smith t-shirts there. I see your collection. You post a lot. How many, do you know how many of those you got? Um, actually, I don't. I, actually, I've been lucky. Um, of course, uh, I don't know if you heard of Racing Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, oh, of course. Un unfortunately, yeah, he, you know, he passed away and, um, I were, was able to, uh, purchase, uh, some of his collection of shirts and, and of course he loved everybody, but he had a great amount of Freddie Smith stuff. So I ended up, you know, fortunately getting some of that and, um, you know, just whatever you find on eBay, there's there's different uh, Facebook pages dedicated to vintage dirt late model T-shirts, and so I've grabbed a few there. I mean, I've I've got everybody from Lord, don't tell Freddie, but <laughs> but Scott Bloomquist and you know the Dwayne Hommel, old Dwayne Hommel T-shirts, yeah. uh, Neon Dion Deason. I mean, I've 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 got way too many. I've I got a whole too. Chester drawer just full with probably over a hundred t-shirts i've got a walk-in closet i can't walk in I yeah. Got so many yeah it sounds like you got it worse than i do i do i probably do i got and i got a bunch of them stored away and i wish somebody'd come buy some of them because i got too many of them things I, but. I race rc cars out at uh uh race city rc yeah and um uh, both of well all three of my cars i had a i got a red and i mean an orange and blue um bazooka car i oh, got yeah. a blue and orange bazooka car and I've also got a Dell gear bazooka car. So I'm, I mean, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I, I admit it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you, uh, so you build chassis and stuff too. You do a little bit of, uh, welding and fabrication and all that, building some race car chassis. Tell us about that. We, um, I actually, um, am building, um, we specialize in building OEM chassis, uh, race cars, uh, whether it be, um, they call them different things from street stock to renegade to thunder bombers to cruiser you know crate cars uh you know metric chassis stuff of course 
Um, we build four cylinders, you know, Mustangs, Toyotas, um, you know, MMSA. You know, I've got a couple of guys running MMSA stuff, and and you know, are, are pretty successful. Uh, I've got a couple of Thunder Bombers out there that are doing okay, and and uh, the drivers that I'm lucky to have uh, that I've built for give us great feedback, and uh, we always offer, you know, I get phone calls every weekend, whether it be Friday night, Saturday night, or all half the day Sunday, you know, about, you know, what they tried, what, what worked, what didn't work. So I feel like we've got a, uh, you know, not just a good product for, um, for people out there that are, and I, you know, budget minded. Um, but we have great feedback to help these guys, um, you know, to win races. And, uh, luckily, I mean, you know, so far so good. Um, I'm, Right now, we're just a small, small business out of out of the garage at the house, and looking to expand and, and you know build a new building here in the next year. And um, man, just just trying to you know build a clientele. We've you know we've got about five or six cars to go right now, and actually looking for help. So if you know anybody yeah. you know anybody looking for any fab job, part time, full time, anytime, give me a call. Well, there's some listeners that are going to hear this and they may, uh, they may be looking for one, Yeah. but you mentioned their OEM chassis. Is it getting harder and harder to find some clips and stuff for those, for that? You, you know what it is, man. Um, especially, um, especially the four cylinder stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while I'll, I'll come across four or five, like, you know, old Toyota Corolla, but they're, the Toyota Corollas are really hard to find. Um, the Mustangs are hard to find. Um, luckily, um, you know, the metric stuff's not quite so bad. Uh, to, you know, there's still a few out there. Um, and, and the more people I, I meet and the more people I, you know, become customers, you know, they're like, oh yeah, well I know where this, you know, this is and this is, you know, it might help you out. And so word of mouth kind of gets around that you're looking for them. Um, but, you know, the parts and stuff for the for street stock cars are not not that bad because you know most of it's bolt on aftermarket stuff anyway. Um, yeah. You're just really just using the you know just that, that that metric frame. You know everything else is you know aftermarket. You know for the most part. So that's that's not too bad to find parts for. Um, you know Mustang stuff. <laughs> I wish I wish yeah I wish I'd have bought into that a long time ago. But uh, so. Uh, so far, so good on, on being able to find that stuff. But I, I'll be honest with you, I think racing in a hole uh, in the next five five to ten years, and I, I I see changes coming in that department. That was going to be that was really going to be my next question. So you think just from in the future, those kind of cars, uh, street stocks or whatever, they'll just be a tube chassis, just like a sort of like a late model, I guess, because those. I don't see anywhere else to go. I mean, I, you know, of course, that's just my opinion. There won't be many Monte Carlos and. Camaros yeah, and stuff uh, sitting in the junkyards. Well, I, I, I but tend they, to. They remanufacture those parts, don't they? Sure, like, yeah. That, that, that's the thing about that for like open wheel modified yeah. stuff. You know, they repop a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, I kind of look back on, you know, when Cherokee was a half mile and Thunder, Thunder and Lightning was this big deal, you know, and some of the best racing on the planet. And it was, oh, yeah. it was stock Camaro chassis. You know, and those things kind of got going, and everybody, of course, you know, technology's changed to that, that more of that four four trailing arm rear end, you know, in the G, in the metric stuff, and so that became a little faster. But you know, it's just kind of a cycle, I think. Um, I went to Harris um, earlier in the year with uh, Nick Hot Rod Walker and Walker Brothers Racing. He, they have a MMSA car that I built, 
And uh, was surprised to see about eight of those old Camaros running in street stock up there. You know, so that was, I was like, wow, there are, you know, still are some of those cars. The Pure Stocker Thunder Bomber racing yeah. at Fat Harris is some of the best racing you can go see in the Carolinas. Exactly, man. And and uh, for the past two weeks, um, I sponsored a car. Uh, Deuce Miller drives it, and his dad, Tiger, owns it. And uh, they've won the two times they've gone to Harris for the past two weeks. They've won up there in Thunder Bomber, and I told him, you're doing something. Because that place up there, man, you can throw a blanket over the top five, you know, in Thunder Bombers and in, in that Pure Street division. It's it's something else. It really is, man. No doubt about that. Well, what else you got to chat about? we got to take a quick break here in a minute. but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep you around. You're doing a good job here. We're going we're gonna to talk to Michael Brown here in a short minute here after the break. But first, I'd like to give a shout out to my buddy Boo Carlisle, man. He's got a killer youtube channel you guys can go check out it's called kicking asphalt and man he really does a really good job of that he does a little bit of vlogging or whatever and it's he does a good job so check him out on youtube and go uh, go watch his stuff subscribe and all that r1 facility services I'd like to thank them for their support and 22 below and also andy's towing for all their support with the uh, andy's towing hotline that we've got going on i want to make a mention here i've got some uh, forward bike podcast hats that uh, we're just finished up today. I should be taking delivery of those uh, middle of this week. So if you're listening to this and you want one of those hats, just reach out to me on uh, on my pages, and they uh, they'll be they'll be for sale. And we'll uh, we'll we'll either bring them to you at the track this weekend at Charlotte at that Carolina Sizzler, or uh, ship them out. And I think they're going to go quick because I've already had a lot of inquiries about those. So so yeah, hit us up, and uh, we appreciate everybody listening, like and subscribe, and. You know, do all that. Give us some good feedback. If you go on Apple and, and on, on the Apple Podcast and you leave us a review on there, we might just read it on the show. That's something we uh, we've been meaning to get in there. We want to do that. So, uh, let us know what you think about the show because that uh, that's what keeps us going, man. So, uh, yeah, we're lucky to have downtown Michael Brown here coming up on the other side of the break. So, stay tuned with us right here on the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. We're proud to be joined on the Forward Bike Podcast today by none other than Pageland, South Carolina's downtown Michael Brown on the Andy's Towing Hotline. Picked up the big win this weekend in the Ultimate Super Late Model Series at Lancaster Super Speedway. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Michael. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. Absolutely. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way. I know... Uh, I know it's been... We've had we've been doing this a long time, and I've uh, I hadn't had you on yet, other than that little quick interview we had there when you won Livonia so it's been a long time coming and I'm glad to glad to make it happen today yeah man like I said it's it's an honor I've uh, I've been keeping up with it and been listening to pretty much every one of them so uh it's uh it's cool to be on with you absolutely man well we appreciate your support appreciate you listening so yeah you uh so I guess Livonia I, we can go back to that back in December that video where you were driving with one hand and everything I guess I guess you've done been asked the question a few times, but man, we so you was driving with one hand there, and I was uh, I actually went to Livonia last Saturday or Friday night for that ultimate race they had there, and I was standing around visiting with Jeff Smith after the race, and I told him I said, man, I said there wasn't no one hand driving the night. That was a totally different track there last week, and 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 you weren't there at that race, but I just thought that was uh, that was a good topic to start on. So driving with one hand, did you do that this weekend again too? no not at all no it's uh that's definitely something like you said it 100 percent depends on the characteristics of the track it was so 
you know, dry and slick with it being like a day race, man. And you got your car like all, you know, so much more attitude in it, you know, to to get some grip on that dry stuff. And it was felt like the thing was flipping over. So I guess it was just like set, like instinct to, to hold on. I mean, almost. I really, really didn't even realize necessarily I was doing it till the video come out and, and, and my phone started ringing. Yeah. Well, you so you won that race there in December, but I'll be honest with you, I hadn't heard uh, heard of you heard of you much this year since that point until you got this big win this weekend. I don't know what, I don't know if I just hadn't been keeping up or what happened there. My goodness. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not been anything we hoped for, but <laughs> we kind of kind of knew it going into the deal. We went and done the uh, Florida Speed Weeks and just a bunch of stuff that I've never done, uh, against, you know, the best in the business. So of course I, I got my teeth kicked in all year. We went to Eldora, just a lot of learning, you know, experience for me. And, um, you know, we've, we've been really good when I have raced around here. Uh, we went back to Livonia with the clash and I set the pole and led like 37 of the 40 laps and Ross passed me at that one. So, uh, we've ran good when we've been around here, but, um, m- most of my racing has been traveling to places I've never been and just definitely didn't do like I had hoped to. Yeah. Other than, other than not really, uh, running up to par with your expectations or whatever at some of those races, how was it, uh, getting to travel and, and line up with some of those heavy hitters like that at, on the big stages? Man, it, it was a, it was a blast. I mean, it really, and truly I kind of had, you know, had it in my mind what I was up against so when I went to those races I, I really went you know obviously give it my all but we just had a good time and and just building a notebook and, and getting that experience and um you know one thing that I can take away from it is running those races and then coming back um I, I can tell I'm in sense I'm just a lot more calm around here than than what I were before I guess just because you get getting more and more used to being at those you know bigger stage races and you know things like that and racing against the the different caliper of drivers it just teaches you so much even when you're in the back i mean it teaches you a ton yeah no doubt well and you don't know how you're going to fare unless you go you've got to go uh you've got to go participate and that's what i uh, really envy about what you've done this year going and running those races with those guys yeah, it's uh like I said, it, it definitely definitely been a learning experience and two, I mean, I really really got to uh give my co owner credit. I mean, uh Mark McLeod with Black Crest Farms, he uh he he just lets me go and tells me to have fun, man, and, and that's uh that helps out a ton. I mean, I don't have any pressure and you know, we just we go and, and just have a good time and and then I make sure I, I take my notes like I should. And hopefully one of these days it'll pay off. Oh, I think it's coming. I do. I think you're going to uh, wind up in victory lane at one of those. I mean, something there, there's going to, your time's going to come, but man, you, uh, you know, the reason I have always respected you so much, I guess, and, and I've known you for a long time, watched you, watched you get your start basically. And you started in those four cylinders. Kind of tell me a little bit about, give me, like a backstory. Well, give, I've I've heard it, but give the listeners a backstory on how your uh, start happened there with the four cylinders and everything. 
Yeah, we uh, it was it's a really 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 funny thing. I was running some Asphalt Legends car stuff, and I had went to uh, like some vacation Bible school stuff, and uh, the the guy that was teaching the class had a four cylinder car. And it wasn't Ray Cook, I, was it? <laughs> it wasn't Ray Cook. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i told him you know just like any other kid would at the time i was like man i'm i'm race car driver and you know he's like i hear you you know just kind of brushed it off and i kept hounding him hounding him and hounding him and uh man that's kind of how it it come about he he let me come get it he hadn't raced it in a while and uh the car, you know, was John 316, and we took it to the Shrine race at Chester. First time ever sitting in a, in a four-cylinder car. And um, I was running third pretty much the whole race. And uh, Cheeseburger and Tyler Love, like, crashed each other. I can't remember how, who doing what. But anyways, it set me up, and I won my very first race. <laughs> so, you know just a, a shrine race on top of that like craziest set of circumstances that ever could have happened and i mean i mean once once i got that that bug in me i was uh when i was young i mean i i thought i was hiking the next day learning hard i mean won my first race i just you know my chest was poked out <laughs> Yeah, I was probably, I don't remember that exactly, but I was probably there. I've been to so many races since then, but I wouldn't have remembered it like you just did, like you just described, but I would have probably been there because I went to a lot of races at Chester. That was a cool track and hate that it's not there anymore and all that. But yeah, you, so if you picked up your first win, you you thought you'd never lose, right? Oh, well, I did. I did. <laughs> I really did. And it's, uh, it was kind of the same way with the late model. Um, my first race, we bought Ferguson's, Chris Ferguson's rocket uh, car, and Brian Connor, his daddy, set it up, and we went to Carolina for the Skylar Troll Memorial race, and it was my first time in a uh, crate late model. We won it. Really? And I was like, God, this is pretty awesome. And then the rest of the year, I didn't win nothing else. I, I was totally terrible. Well, I hope that you've got a lot of wins coming up in, in the future this year for sure. I hope so. What What is some of the next races lined up coming up for y'all? We're going to go to Fayetteville this year. I mean, this week we're cl uh, chasing that Carolina Clash uh, series. I've never never won a super late model championship, so that that's definitely something that we got our eye on. And, uh, racing against some really good guys, guys like Jeff Smith, he's leading the points, and I'm second. And, I've always looked up to, to him and, you know, it's, uh, it would be an honor to, to be able to beat him out if, if I, if at all possible, but that's, uh, that's what we're going to chase is that. And, um, you know, I really, really, really wanted to go to falls, um, but that falls on the, uh, on a clash race. So that was something that I, another one that I had on my bucket list to do this year, but not going to get to do it. I know, man. It's it's on my bucket list, too, to go to Fairbury, and I'm it, it don't look like I'm going to make it this year. We're just so busy with work and all that, and it's just, it's, it'd be, uh, it'd really be, it's a long shot right now for me to go out there and see it, but, so yeah, that's a Carolina Clash, man. You've got a good shot uh, to go for the points there. Uh, what's your confidence level? Do you think you can maybe pass Jeff Smith there in the points? 
Um, he's been really well this year and, and, and stuff, but I here lately, uh, this weekend, um, I actually switched shot guys and, uh, switched to Abco performance, Mike Abner. And man, I mean, he brought me a set of shocks and we bolted these things on and went and won the first race. So that, that was, uh, that was a big deal for me. I mean, even with it being my home track, things like that, I mean, it definitely, uh, definitely give me a little bit of confidence to uh that we you know definitely you know should have a good future together so i'm looking forward to it and hopefully i can get the job done it, i know it's good to hear the name afco um you know with with all the other shocks uh but billstein and and uh jri and all those other big shock companies it's 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 really good to hear afco you know back in it you know and that you're having such a, a successful go with AFCO, you know, I know it's been short, but, um, you know, uh, shocks these days mean everything. And, and I think in, in every level of racing there are, you know, man, it's, it's wild. It's wild. The technology and this stuff anymore. I mean, um, uh, that, that would definitely probably be the, the one negative thing I could, I could complain about on the sport. Sometimes it, it is, it's overwhelming. Sometimes it just, the amount of smart people that's in dirt late model racing at the moment or any, any level anymore. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you're from your front wheel drive all the way to your, you know, super late models. The things have just Absolutely. changed so much. I mean, yeah, it trips me out how racing has gone from scales to shock machines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, what that's we, right. That's been a topic on here in the last couple of weeks. I, I couldn't believe it when, uh, Dale McDowell said they threw, they're pretty much put their, scales up on the shelf and hadn't got them out uh, yeah and you remember i remember when we, i first got into even late models and this was in 2011 uh i mean we used to go by you know scales and ride heights and things like that mm -hmm. i used to have a set of like paint stirs sticks and i'd cut them and that's what i'd use as my ride height sticks to go between my a-frame and my frame and you know just all those things is just gone to the wayside you know i watched a video today with uh it's an old video it's, it's actually charlie swartz um and this has been probably 25 years ago and it's a setup video that he did and 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 of course it's one of his late models he's actually showing the set how to set up one of his late models and i'm like wow that's that's what we do on street stock cars now you know exactly and, and, and it's, it's it's just amazing the technology right that's 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 come and gone and 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 just what's coming in the future i mean you gotta look at late model racing you know is where where will it go from here yeah how much further can it go do you think michael Whew, man i'm telling you it <laughs> you, you almost want to think it's as it's as advanced as it's gonna get but i mean i thought that when i first got one so man i'm telling you the the sky is the limit and i really and really really truly believe that i mean obviously this is a very 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 biased of me to say but i feel like dirt racing is just sure enough on the rise like i mean you're hearing of you know this new nascar and stuff like that and the team selling out i mean just it just really really looks like the you know dirt racing is is on the fast track to sure enough being, you know, like the top series. I mean, that may sound crazy, but the, the stands everywhere I go are packed and, you know, um, I guess 
they can get so much more fans can get so much more of an experience uh that they can't get i feel like you know at other you know venues of racing so i'm excited about it man i I think dirt dirt fan base the dirt fan base are, are more loyal um you know gone are the days of of fans of Dale Earnhardt and and you know and Jeff Gordon and things like you know those big guys like that these these drivers you know in NASCAR now I mean they're you know it's it's just a lot different uh, than than what it used to be and I, I think those dirt but those dirt guys they latch on those dirt fans they latch on to people and they stay they stay fans you know that's right absolutely yeah and you've got a lot of fans too I've seen a lot of people a lot of people wear your t-shirts man and you're uh, you know you're uh, you're kind of you're you're making yourself become a household name in the in the sport of dirt late model racing in a way, especially in this region. But you uh, but you came from humble beginnings, and man, I can respect the heck out of that for sure. Yeah, and one thing I have to work on is I got to do better, like with the social media side of things and and interacting more, and you know, do more with the t-shirts and stuff like that. That's that's definitely my weak suit in all of this, right? I mean, I just. Uh, you know, I, I need to do a better job. I'm, you know, just reaching out versus I, I'm the type that I'll talk to anybody, but I, I don't do as good of a job as I should. Like some of these other guys do just, you know, reaching out to interact without them having to reach out to me. So that's definitely something that I've been hard on myself about is, is getting better at the social media side of things that, you know, I just, just never been, never been the type to do it. And that's definitely a, definitely a, a, a weak point on, on my racing for sure michael we're going to take a quick break here on the forward bike podcast and we'll come back and uh chat with you a little bit more how about that sounds great welcome back to the forward bike podcast before we get back to michael brown i want to remind you to watch big name drivers big car counts on one of the biggest weeks of racing the 50th annual dirt car nationals at the ultra fast volusia speedway park half mile tune in on mav tv thursday july 15th check your local listings for channel and time and you'll get to check out michael downtown brown in that race too there so check them out um so back to back to michael brown here so we uh so i believe chuck's got a question for you on this on this tire shortage deal right now yeah um and with racing racing for a points championship um you know at the level that you know carolina the carolina clash of course and then you know i kind of every time i think of carolina clash i think of the ultimate series kind of running parallel but um what's what is it what's the effects you guys are feeling at that level from the tire shortages from the company like hoosier yeah, I've been very blessed to uh, to have a good tire guy, Brian Key, uh, with Hooser Tire South, and uh, took really good care of me on, on it. And, uh, the series working together, you know, to allow just a certain amount of tires per event. Um, you know, I've been fortunate that it really hasn't affected me too awfully bad because um, I'm so far out in the darn boonies that when I order tires, I order them by a good little bit, so um just you know to cut down on the on the freight and things like that and um you know it's a, a good thing too that um you know like with the races around here with the clash and the ultimate things like that um are, are we, you, we usually go ahead i'm sorry are, are you finding are you finding that you're using more 
uh, like scrub tires for you know for hot laps, practice things like that. Trying to save what you what you get your hands on for, you know, for main events or qualifying. It it definitely uh, definitely so at, at certain places. Um, you know, there there's definitely some places that that you definitely want to hot lap on on just you know scuffs and then put fresh tires on. Um, but for the most part with the the clash and the ultimate we usually just qualify and line up and race so that helps out a ton with the tires you know not having to heat race and things like that so a lot of times i'll hot lamp on my race tires um you know especially at, at, at most of these places it's got a lot of moisture in the track and you're not too much worried about hurting them so um definitely for us i, I would say majority of the guys around here um we hadn't really seen you know a big big um impact over this versus probably some of those national touring guys absolutely um well another race that's coming up this actually this weekend is the carolina sizzler there at charlotte dirt track have you got that on your on your calendar no sir we're just gonna do uh saturday at fayetteville i joke with these guys now i told them if we win again saturday that i will go um but it's definitely not on the calendar but if i can if I can look up and win again, then I'm, I'll be crazy not to show up. So uh, we just keep our fingers crossed I win again, I guess. I agree, man. I, well, I, I'm pulling for you to win because I want to see you come to Charlotte. And I think I think you've got as good a shot as anybody to win that $20,000 check. You've won at least – I remember seeing you at least win one crate race over there. So so you've won in that house before, and I, I think you could do it again. So uh, hopefully we can hype you up and get you to come over there this weekend. That's where I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go for Saturday and Sunday, and looking forward to that being a good show. I imagine that's going to be a great turnout. I, I, I truly do, especially uh, they've done a great job on, on the scheduling as well, you know, with the, the Ray Cook summer deal starting up Friday and Saturday. I mean, guys got a shot at racing for – I don't want to be wrong here, but I think – I know Saturday at Whiffle for the Ray Cooks 10, yeah. and then you just go right down the road and race from 20 on Sunday and then go from there. I think they're racing Monday at Bulls Gap, so it's, uh, it, it's definitely going to be a stout weekend for racing. So they, yeah. uh, They've done a great job on the scheduling. Somebody could uh, win potentially just a little over $40,000 this weekend if they went. So Friday night uh, is Beckley motorsports park in west virginia that's probably uh that's probably a lock for zach dome i would think but and then the next night is with raceway there uh and then then like you said charlotte and then bulls gap monday and then tuesday i-75 raceway in sweetwater that's the that's the ray cook series like you know sandwiching that deal at charlotte this weekend so you're right i mean there's a lot of potential for a driver to come in and earn a lot of money this weekend right here and uh in in this in our basically our backyard so so and I see. definitely think you called Beckley. I, if I was a pet fan, <laughs> I definitely would put my money on Zach Dome there. Yeah. He, he's an animal. And that place, I mean, I've, I've never been, but just the videos I've watched there, like the racing seems to be like unbelievable every time I've watched videos. I, I'd love to get there someday. All right. Well, while we're on that subject, what are you mentioned Fairbury already. So what are some of your – um, maybe some bucket list tracks or races you haven't been to that you've uh, that you want to go to in a in a super. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, Fairbury and that I eighty. Um, from from the looks of it, I've, I always watch it on TV. And from what people talk about, I mean, they say that facility is 
is just unlike any other. So uh, that one for sure. And Knoxville, uh, you know, Knoxville's definitely on on the top of the list as well um, to try and make it. You know, just growing up watching this stuff and, you know, watching places like Knoxville and, and Eldor and things like that, it's just uh, definitely been a dream of mine to, to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the dream and, and Eldor and all that, I mean, how was, uh, I mean, I guess we've talked about it a little bit, but I mean, how, how you'd been, had you been there before or was this your first year? This was my first year um, going and, and, it just it really caught me off guard just how fast that place is i mean i don't know if it looks that way on on television but man i mean you are really getting after it like even even when the track slickens off and um maybe not in the race yeah it's just fast man i mean you know uh you're getting after it and the good thing about that place is is the racetrack being so wide I mean, your car don't work on the bottom. You can go to the top. It don't work on the top. You can run in the middle. I mean, uh, that is definitely, I feel like, a driver's track. And uh, something that I struggle big time with is is just not knowing where to be, not knowing where to move around to to make my car better when it, you know, uh, when, when I was struggling. Because, you know, racing around here, we we tend to, to get in just a rhythm and hit our marks. And generally, you do that and you get the job done versus a place like that. I mean, you can just about make it happen wherever. Absolutely. Um, well, I always like to get somebody's reaction on, uh, well, what was your first impression of whenever you crested the hill and laid eyes on that place for the first time? Oh man, it, it was goosebumps. I mean, obviously the cliche is it was like a dream for me, literally. I mean, uh, you know, from pulling in, uh, Wednesday night and where all the haulers line up and how many campers was there. Um, it was very surreal for me. I mean, uh, like I said, keep going back to it. It was like a dream, you know, cause something that I've watched as a kid and, and just to, to be able to pull in that gate, and drive the hauler down in, in, in the racetrack. And, um, man, I only made one prelim, um, the whole, the whole weekend, but, I told those guys, like, when we done the four wide and they showed those flames and stuff and the fireworks, man, it was, uh, I mean, it, it made it all worth, you know, everything we done leading up to then. And, and it just made it so, you know, made it tolerable not making any other races, honestly, just to say I, you know, was able to, to run one prelim. So it was, uh, it was definitely a dream come true for me. No doubt. Absolutely. I, I got to go to, to the dream and I, I guess our paths never crossed. Cause I don't remember uh, seeing you there talking to you that, I mean, I know you were there racing, but I guess just whirlwind trip for me, I didn't really ever get to chat with you, but uh, are you planning on going back for the world 100? Um, we have talked about it, but more than likely I won't. Um, you know, I, I definitely think I need to get a little better around here too. And, uh, try and uh, get a little more consistently, you know, winning and things like that to to try and tackle it again, to be honest with you. I don't think I'm quite ready or quite, you know, the quality of driver I need to be to, to run those races and make it, you know, make sense financially. So uh, I think if I get some more races under my belt and start doing a little better, we'll definitely uh, keep venturing out. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt yourself that much, man. You're uh you're good enough to be right out there with them. That car owner you've got thinks so. And, uh, 
and you're one of them, man. When you line up and put that helmet on, you got just as good a shot as anybody, but you got to make the field first. And, uh, and uh, like you said, you did that there that one night. So it's an accomplishment in itself. And I uh, hope to see you uh, venture back out to some of these big races. And, and I, and I hope to, that, that your car owner is listening to this. And I hope to tell him that he's got him a good driver right here and uh, stick, stick with him. And, uh, you know, y'all are going to go places, no doubt. Well, man, we, I do truly appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Absolutely. Chuck, you got anything else for Michael? No, I, I wish you all luck in the, in the future. Uh, even though I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big Jeff Smith fan, I wish you luck <laughs> at, uh, you know, at a championship this year, you know, you young guys coming through or, or, you know, just, you know, what make the sport. And, and I know Jeff, I, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see Jeff win that that other Carolina class championship. He's done it in the past, and, and uh, he's probably one of the best points racers out there. But uh, I just I wish you luck, man. And like I said before, congratulations on your win at Lancaster this week. Thank you so much. I do appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations again on the win at Lancaster this weekend. Michael, before we let you go, I want to give you a chance to uh, to thank all your sponsors that, that help you uh, keep that rig on the road and running these races. Yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, Mark and Sandy McLeod, my car owners with Black Crest Farms, uh, they're definitely the, the key to all this. And, and, you know, I got to thank Rocket Chassis, XR1, Clements Automotive for a flawless engine, and Hooser Tire South by Brian for, for keeping me stocked up on tires, uh, Mike's Transmission, Crescent Moon Forestry, uh, BP Racing Fuels, um, you know, the, the list goes on, but um, I'm, I'm very thankful for those those key partners for sure. Uh, Abco Performance, uh, Mike Abner, and uh, Swift Springs. Everybody's got a part in this. Absolutely, Michael. Well, uh, we thank you for having a part in our uh, in our podcast tonight, and hopefully we can do this again sometime, and uh, maybe we'll be talking about an even bigger and better win. So, sounds great, man. Thank y'all for having me. Absolutely, thank you. Another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast is in the books for this week. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. I'd like to thank Michael Brown for coming on the on the podcast last minute. And, of course, I'd like to thank Chuck Atkins for being here in studio joining us today. It was a lot of fun this week. And uh, we'll line up another guest, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya.